Hello, friend. Welcome to the Whole Word Podcast. This is Pastor Pitts Evans. On this podcast, we read and discuss one chapter of God's Word per episode. Let's go now to the Bible and see what the Lord has for us today. Mark chapter 12. Jesus then began to speak to them in parables. A man planted a vineyard. He put a wall around it, dug a pit for the wine press, and built a watchtower. Then he rented the vineyard to some farmers and moved to another place. At harvest time, he sent a servant to the tenants to collect from them some of the fruit of the vineyard. But they seized him, beat him, and sent him away empty-handed. Then he sent another servant to them. They struck this man on the head, and they treated him shamefully. He sent still another, and that one they killed. He sent many others. Some of them they beat, others they killed. He had one left to send, a son, whom he loved. He sent him last of all, saying, They will respect my son. But the tenants said to one another, This is the heir. Come, let's kill him, and the inheritance will be ours. So they took him and killed him and threw him outside of the vineyard. What then will the owner of the vineyard do? He will come and kill those tenants and give the vineyard to others. Have you read this passage of the Scripture? The stone the builders rejected has become the cornerstone. The Lord has done this, and it is marvelous in our eyes. Then the chief priests The teachers of the law and the elders looked for a way to arrest Jesus because they knew he had spoken the parable against them. But they were afraid of the crowd, so they left him and went away. Later, they sent some of the Pharisees and Herodians to Jesus to catch him in his words. They came to him and said, Teacher, we know that you are a man of integrity. You aren't swayed by others because you pay no attention to who they are. But you teach the way of God in accordance with the truth. Is it right to pay the imperial tax to Caesar or not? Should we pay or shouldn't we? But Jesus knew their hypocrisy. Why are you trying to trap me, he asked. Bring me a denarius and let me look at it. They brought the coin and he asked them, Whose image is this and whose inscription? Caesar's, they replied. Then Jesus said to them, Give back to Caesar what is Caesar's, and to God what is God's. And they were all amazed at him. Then the Sadducees, who say there is no resurrection, came to him with a question. Teacher, they said, Moses wrote for us that if a man's brother dies and leaves a wife but no children, the man must marry the widow and raise up offspring for his brother. Now there were seven brothers— The first one married and died without leaving any children. The second one married the widow, but he also died, leaving no child. It was the same with the third. In fact, none of the seven left any children. Last of all, the woman died too. At the resurrection, whose wife will she be, since the seven men were all married to her? Jesus replied, Are you not in error because you do not know the Scriptures or the power of God? When the dead rise, they will neither marry nor be given in marriage. They will be like the angels in heaven. Now about the dead rising, have you not read in the book of Moses, in the account of the burning bush, how God said to him, I am the God of Abraham, the God of Isaac, and the God of Jacob? 
He is not the God of the dead, but of the living. You are badly mistaken. One of the teachers of the law came and heard them debating. Noticing that Jesus had given them a good answer, he asked him, Of all the commandments, which is the most important? The most important one, answered Jesus, is this. Hear, O Israel, the Lord our God, the Lord is one. Love the Lord your God with all of your heart and with all of your soul, with all of your mind and with all of your strength. The second is this. Love your neighbor as yourself. There is no commandment greater than these. Well said, teacher, the man replied. You are right in saying that God is one and there is no other but him. To love him with all of your heart, with all of your understanding, with all of your strength, and to love your neighbor as yourself is more important than all burnt offerings and sacrifices. When Jesus saw that he had answered wisely, he said to him, You are not far from the kingdom of God. And from then on, no one dared to ask him any more questions. While Jesus was still teaching in the temple courts, he asked, Why did the teachers of the law say that the Messiah is the son of David? David himself, speaking by the Holy Spirit, declared, The Lord said to my Lord, Sit at my right hand until I put your enemies under your feet. David calls him Lord. How then can he be his son? The large crowd listened to him with delight. As he taught, Jesus said, Watch out for the teachers of the law. They like to walk around in flowing robes and be greeted with respect in the marketplaces and have the most important seats in the synagogues and the places of honor at banquets. They devour widows' houses and for a show make lengthy prayers. These men will be punished most severely. Jesus sat down opposite the place where the offerings were put and watched the crowd putting their money into the temple treasury. Many rich people threw in large amounts, but a poor widow came and put in two very small copper coins worth only a few cents. Calling his disciples to him, Jesus said, Truly I tell you, this poor widow has put more into the treasury than all of the others. They all gave out of their wealth, but she, out of her poverty, put in everything, all that she had to live on. Jesus taught what's become known as the parable of the tenants in the vineyard in this chapter. And so the vineyard owner is God. The vineyard is this world, and the tenant farmers were representative of the chief priests, the religious scholars, and the religious leaders. The mistreated servants were the prophets, and the owner's son was Jesus. And so it says explicitly in verse 12 that the chief priests, the teachers of the law, and the elders looked for a way to arrest Jesus because they knew he was speaking about them in this parable. And so this parable, they recognized that the parable was about them. So what's the parable say? It says that this vineyard owner loaned out his vineyard. So God, the owner of the world, loaned out his vineyard to these tenant farmers. And this is representative of the chief priests, the religious scholars, and the leaders. And then he sent some of his servants to collect some of the production from the the farm, from the vineyard. But the tenant farmers beat his servants, and the servants are representative of the prophets. They beat them. They killed some of them. He kept sending more and more, and Uh, They kept mistreating them. And then finally, one day, the owner of the vineyard says, well, I'll send my son. Certainly, they'll respect my son. Remember, the owner's son represents Jesus. 
And so the owner, God the Father, sent his son to this world, the vineyard, in a hopes that he could correct the chief priests and the religious scholars as to heaven's intent. But the tenant farmers slash priests scholars killed the owner's son and cast his body outside of the vineyard. As you know, Jesus was about to be crucified in a couple of days, and when he's crucified, he's crucified outside of the city, and his body is taken out beyond the temple arena and put in the the tomb of Joseph of Arimathea. So Jesus is speaking about himself as the owner's son, God's son. He's speaking about the chief priests and the religious scholars as the, the tenant farmers who mistreated the servants of the vineyard owner, who would also ultimately mistreat the owner's son and kill him and cast his body outside of the city. And so the religious leaders knew that Jesus was talking about them and made them so angry they wanted all the more to arrest him and kill him. Then Jesus is asked in verse 28, one of the men standing by asked Jesus, of all the commandments, which is the most important? Now, I personally think this is one of the most fascinating things in the New Testament. When Jesus says the most important thing in the Bible is so-and-so, you can bank on the fact that this is the most important thing in the Bible. So what did he respond? He said, hear, O Israel, the Lord our God, the Lord is one. Love the Lord your God with all of your heart, with all of your soul, with all of your mind, and with all of your strength. And so he's quoting directly from Deuteronomy chapter 6, verse 4 and 5. But this idea of to love the Lord our God with all of your heart, with all of your soul, with all of your mind, and all of your strength, that that's the most important thing in the entire Bible, in the 66 books of the Bible, almost 12,000 individual verses. Jesus says these are the most important words that were penned in the Scriptures. Not only that, he repeats them in the New Testament to say this is not passed away. And so, friends, I ask you the question today, if this is the most important thing in the Bible— Do you love the Lord your God with all of your heart, with all of your soul, with all of your mind, with all of your strength? If you don't have this love for the living God in your heart, you're missing the intent of heaven and the whole purpose that the Bible was written. But Jesus doesn't leave it there. He goes on to say, the second most important thing in the Bible is to love your neighbor as yourself. And so this expression of love, first vertically, toward the Lord our God, and then horizontally towards our neighbor, towards our fellow man. This is what heaven's looking for, for believers, that we would be expressions of love both to him and from him to our neighbors. He says that there's no commandments greater than these, to love him with all of your heart, with all of your understanding, with all of your strength, to love your neighbor as yourself is more important than all the the burnt offerings and sacrifices. It's, It's more important than the sacrificial system that was initiated by Moses at the direction of the Holy Spirit. And so I want to pray into this. Lord, I pray for a supernatural impartation of love. Lord, that you would give us the ability to receive love from you, the living God, that you would give us the ability to express our love for you, Lord, that we might indeed love you with all of our heart, with all of our soul, with all of our mind, with all of our strength. God, condition our hearts to give love and to receive love in the way that you delegated out to us. Lord, we want to receive what you desire to give us. And Lord, we also pray that you would give us a heart to love our neighbors as ourselves. Lord, this is a very high standard for us 
that we would love them as much as we love ourselves. But it's a divine thing, a supernatural thing. We ask you to impart that to us. Lord, we do believe that the Lord our God is one God. We do believe that the love of our God is what's on your heart. And this morning, it's what we pray for. More love. Not more power, not more authority, but more love. In Jesus' name, amen. Thank you for listening to this episode of The Whole Word. It was brought to you by Whole Word Fellowship and the Northern Virginia House of Prayer. If you were encouraged, please share our podcast with your friends. We'd also appreciate it if you'd hit subscribe in your favorite podcast app and take a few moments to write a review. If you'd like more information on our church and our ministry, you can go to wholeword.net or wholewordpodcast.com for more information. Thank you again, and may the Lord Jesus bless you today and always.